0: Hey everybody! Welcome to episode twenty-two of the Horror Fiends podcast. I'll be your host tonight. My name is John. As always, I am joined by my two schlubby hosts, Chris and Sauce. How are we doing today, guys?
1: What up? Doing good.
2: Hello there. Doing great.
0: Are you boys ready to discuss? Infinity pool.
2: Absolutely. This is a a wild one to uh, discuss. There's uh, a lot of crazy shit that happen so looking forward to our conversations coming up here it's gonna be a good one that's for sure
1: oh yeah i thought we were reviewing dawn of the dead so i'm gonna be a little underprepared for this episode
0: Ah, uh, chris has once again watched a zombie movie by mistake <laughs> oh, no. this motherfucker no,
1: sauce okay. and i watched this together last friday so we are ready to roll
0: that's right um this is probably i think the newest movie that we have talked about on an episode from release Definitely. to uh, to recording here. So this one is a 2023 movie directed by Brandon Cronenberg um, starring Alexander Skarsgård and Mia Goth and a bunch of other weirdos. Um, but basically this one being a first time watch for all three of us, I-, I think we were all very excited and hyped for this movie. Not only just cause it's new, but just because we had a, Very positive uh, experience watching Possessor Uncut in uh, one of our first couple, first 10 episodes, I believe, is when we watched that. Um, And that one was kind of just a surprise that I personally didn't really expect much out of that movie. It was incredibly solid. And uh, this is his second, I think it's like his second feature length movie. I may be mistaken. There might be one more before Possessor Uncut. But that one was for sure his claim to fame. Now, this one in particular is sort of like the more big-budget sequel that you often see out of like, uh, first-time directors. They get a huge backing, and I felt you can kind of feel this one's got a much bigger budget than Possessor Uncut. Um, so, for anyone who's new to the podcast, I quickly just want to go over our general uh, how we do things over here at Horror Fiends. Uh, we usually do a quick uh, review of the movie poster, and we usually break it down um give a score for that and then we go right into plot and we do discuss spoilers so if you haven't seen it yet um i would recommend that you guys check this out before you listen to this one um it's sort of a bizarre plot and i it's almost like kind of spoiler free but at the same time i would just in general recommend you just watch the movie before you listen to us or if you don't feel like watching this one you just kind of want to learn the the cliff notes version and what we have to say about it by all means go right ahead and then we give a uh, final scene of the movie, we'll we'll nominate a Giuseppe, and we will nominate a villain, and then lastly, we'll go over movie score, and then talk about what we're watching next week. Um, so anyways, let's go right into it. Um, this movie poster, guys, is, I would say it's a pretty weird fucking poster, I would say. Um, I've always been, when I saw this movie was coming out, I was like very off put. It felt like it was like an incomplete poster, but it does uh, like, it is, does grab your attention in my opinion. Um, but essentially what we're looking at here is a black background. Um, we got some red text with Alexander Skarsgård, Mia Goth and Cleopatra Coleman starring in infinity pool. And it sort of almost looks like fucking like superhero text the way that it's like fonted. But the uh, what's actually going on is you have our main character, James, like, just barely, like, his face is barely surfacing over, like, a pool of some sort. And he's got Mia Goth right next to him, fucking staring him down. An old Jamesy boy here is, looks like he is uh, taking a massive whop of a bong. He is fucking out right there. Um, So it's really fucking weird like that's really all there is to it you see a bit of a reflection in the pool it's kind of creepy to look at actually of uh, their faces it actually is that their masks reflecting that they wear throughout this movie
1: I don't think it's the masks the creepy mask you kind of see throughout the trailers and stuff for the movie, but it does kind of almost look like a, like a skin mask or like a distorted yeah. version of their own face is not what a typical reflection would look like. So that's something I definitely noticed too about this yeah. poster.
0: Yep. Yeah, it's honestly, it's the one thing it has in common with possessor and cut is that uh, possessor and cut had another terrifying mask. As you guys may remember in the movie poster and throughout this movie, there's a couple of his fucking creepy masks that seems to be Cronenberg's uh, his mo um but in general i would say this is like a pretty decent movie poster i would have liked to have seen a little more just because the substance of this movie goes all over the place and this is uh it's an interesting poster but like i said it just kind of feels like almost incomplete with the amount of subject matter we get in the movie um and the font seems just a little bit weird and even in the opening credits i felt like the opening credits were like the vibe just didn't really match the movie that i saw after it so I'm gonna give this one like a respectable score. I'm just gonna give it a 3.0. Um Sauce, we'll flip it over to you. What are you thinking with this movie poster?
2: Yeah, I actually really like this one in comparison to some of the other ones we reviewed. I do like the the creepy mass and the reflection of the water. I think that's cool. Um I think Mia Goth given that creepy death hair that she does throughout the movie, is also really good. She she absolutely nails that uh weird look though, by the way. She's uh I don't know. She just has that look in her eye. And she has it throughout the movie. Yep. Uh, I do agree, John, that I think the the font looks a little bit off. I think they could have done a better job with that. But otherwise, I think it's really good. Uh, give this one like a 3.8. Really oh, nice. Song.
1: All right. Chris? I think I'm going to kind of fall in line with a little bit with Sauce more here. So I actually like the font. It's kind of like almost a superhero comic book type font. And you're right, it doesn't necessarily jive with the movie itself, but I still kind of like it in general. It is lacking a tagline or anything of that sort. So you know, I like those. But yeah, just the whole kind of half underwater vibe of the two that we see, plus the reflection, I, I think it actually kind of hits pretty well for for a scary movie poster. So I wanna go three point five on this one. And three point five. You know, I, I do think that it, it, it sets up the movie pretty well
0: nice well i do agree i think it's honestly this is like a pretty modern movie poster i i do have to say like i don't know i really don't know like what really separates like a modern poster from an old one but i've noticed like our older posters seem to like they genuinely or generally have like drawings or illustrations in them and this just it looks super fresh and like very what what the what's the good word for it like I don't know. It just seems to me like it's it's a like I see all sorts of movie posters nowadays do that. So, anyways, this will give us an aggregate of of three point four for the movie, making it definitely one of our better movie posters. Um, I would say, particularly one of the better modern movie posters. We will now get into the spoiler portion of the podcast. So, if you haven't seen this, I will warn again. Go watch it. It is available on uh, Amazon Prime. Is that how you guys watched it?
1: Yep, Six Bones.
0: Okay. Yep, it is uh 6 bones. So, break out break out the checkbook and uh pay for this one. I would in general, would you guys recommend this movie?
1: Hmm. It's kind of a loaded question to be asking right off the rip. So, I will Let's Okay, let me rephrase. Let me rephrase. Would you recommend this as a rent? Yes. I wouldn't I wouldn't recommend you yeah, purchase would, it to own. But... I would definitely recommend renting it.
0: Okay.
2: It is definitely worth the watch.
0: Okay. All right, I feel like we should work that into our podcast some more. But, all right, an- anyways, let's get into the plot a little bit here. So, we are opened uh, into the movie with a rather weird quote that we can talk about later. But, essentially, we are introduced to a writer who goes by the name of James Foster, played by Alexander Skarsgård, and his wife, M, who is a wealthy, uh, sort of like a privileged... I guess you could say just like rich person who are on vacation at a fictional resort in a fictional country called Litoka um, And we sort of are introduced, like the movie is set during like this festival and uh, there's all sorts of rich people. It, it's honestly kind of like a bit of a disorienting setting. Like I couldn't really place where we were in the world. And um, I, I will definitely give the movie some credit for kind of building up like this weird country as like a real place um but basically we're introduced they are uh, a couple they're married and um they run into this character played by mia goth called gabby who um basically is introduced as like a fellow traveler like resort stayer um from america and she introduces herself to james as a huge fan of james's only novel um, and it's sort of implied that James is sort of a bit of like a struggling writer at the moment who is sort of wrestling with feelings of uh, not necessarily having talents and stuff like that. Um, but then they get introduced to Gabby and Albin and then they kind of the movie, it definitely takes a bit of a weird tie uh, weird turn. Um, they decide to go out for dinner together, um, sort of get acquainted, and then they essentially go off on like this weird sort of forbidden picnic like day trip outside of this resort in the country of la Tolka. um they go out to the countryside um and it's very much expressed that like doing this is sort of a like a non-acceptable practice by the people of the resort like they they do not respond well to people leaving and honestly i was sort of given a red herring i thought some shit was going to go down there well what's that chris
1: it, it, it kind of did once they went off but that's just the number one it's the number one rule whenever you travel to another country that has a resort is you don't go off the resort so they broke the the single cardinal rule of traveling to let's just say less than privileged countries you know i don't want to call it third world or whatever it may be but that's kind of how they portray this country is like it's a very impoverished and poor country they rely on their tourism and that you definitely should not go off the resort because it's dangerous and that's right like how it is in real life Typically. Yeah.
0: Okay. All right. So it, that that part is based in reality. I was a little thrown off from that myself of how it was frowned upon to to leave the resort. But essentially that is like the uh the first act of the movie is basically the setup to a very tragic accident that happens. Um but I think I should first mention that this whole uh, the whole first half of the movie or actually the first quarter of the movie is there's a, definitely a lot of sexual tension going on between Mia Goth's character Gabby and scars character james and uh it sort of comes to a head when uh james goes to take a piss and then like yabby just comes up from behind him and just immediately starts jerking him off and uh james just lets it happen and uh they sort of continue the rest of their day and they get drunk and uh james offers to drive the four of them back using a rented car or actually it's like a loaned car um and as they're driving back james completely just obliterates just a man walking down the road um definitely causing setting into effect some fuck shit if you will um gabby sort of warns them that you cannot go to the police here like they will they will kill you like if they find out that you killed like a local and so obviously now james like completely is terrified of what's going to happen to him um he goes home he goes back to the hotel and then they basically just take him into the fucking prison, the local prison. The cops show up, arrest him, and they basically hand him an immediate, without a trial, a death sentence. Like, like he has to pay for him killing, basically, a local farmer uh, through death. But they offer him sort of like a, a weird alternate sort of like way out of being executed by having a clone duplicated an exact clone of james who has all of his memories created and then he is killed by a member of the bereaved family um so that definitely introduces a bit of like a sci-fi twist here james who obviously has a lot of money um is set up this whole movie as someone who money is not a not a trouble or an inconvenience to him completely signs up for having this duplicate made
1: well it's 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 his wife's John, money. John, hold on. I just want to clarify what you said there. It's, yeah. it's not, yes, it's not James yeah. who's, who, he has no money. Actually, he's a, he's a struggling writer who right. happened to marry a rich girl. So that right. is kind of important to, to note. That's all.
0: Yeah. I, I should specify it, it. He is very much using his wife's money, but nonetheless, he has access to cash. Should he need it? So in this case, he goes ahead and yes. pays the fine, the for hefty sure. fine for having a duplicate made in his place. And then we have, uh truly trippy scene where they he basically gets like stripped down he gets like this weird thing put in his mouth he goes into this room and he is essentially like sort of sent into like this disco sort of weird like hallucinogenic scene where he is essentially being duplicated by the government or by the police and uh, he is brought to meet his duplicate who is basically in this pool of like goo like it's sort of like he's duplicated there and he's sort of like his duplicate is born out of this goo which is sort of a callback to the movie poster um where basically there's this they set up the way they shoot it is like you watch this character james played by alexander skarsgard be uh attached to a pole like chained to a pole where the it's assumed that the farmer's one of his family members maybe a little brother comes up and just kills kills him right in front of James, uh, his girlfriend, and the police and the family. And it, it's definitely a pretty terrifying scene where this kid just stabs him probably like 30-something times right in front of everybody. Em um, is completely horrified by what she just watched, watching her uh, complete clone of her husband basically call out for help and get stabbed by this little boy. Um, but for some reason, James, who's like the spectator who wa- James who watches his duplicate be killed, is weirdly like a- attracted to it, or like what I don't know what his. Br- it's a strange reaction he watches to watching his duplicate be stabbed right in front of him. Um. He- then he basically hides his own passport. I was say,
2: John, it brings the question if he is. I was going to say it brings into question that scene if. They actually killed the real James, or if he's the clone. So I don't know. Me and Chris pointed that out right away when we watched the movie too. Is did they actually kill real James, or is that the clone that they killed? No, I I caught based that, on his reaction. I caught that exact
0: same uh, that exact same vibe because as soon as they show him being walked down to meet his clone, I thought for sure that there had been like a switcheroo by this shady government. And basically yep. they killed the real one and left left this uh, duplicate in its place. Um, but that this is all, I would say, the first act of the movie. Um, and then we sort of transition once this duplicate, um, we, we sort of are introduced to the duplicate. Um, James extends his stay in, in the country of Litoka and once again runs into Gabby and Albin. Um, they then introduce him to a group of other uh, they kind of introduced themselves as zombies and they explained to him that they have also been tried or accused of crimes by this country, tried and then duplicated and had this whole procedure done. Um, but they're all super rich, so they have no qualms with the moral ramifications of committing crimes in this country. Um, so basically, these people come to this resort, do whatever the fuck they want. And they basically pay to watch the, their their duplicates get slaughtered, or their duplicates they just don't care. They accept that they're that they're going to be transferred into a duplicates body, and they they do not care if they're duplicates or not. So it's a very interesting like sci fi idea that gets uh, sort of tossed over to them. Um, and then basically they convince James that they're going to start killing the locals and doing all sorts of fucking. All sorts of weird local drugs that immediately result into fucking trippy orgies. And they just fucking have whatever they do, whatever the fuck they want when they're here. Um, so, uh, like, the second act of this movie is just a bunch of like crimes with no ramification whatsoever. Um, and this sort of carries on. And there's like one scene in particular where they go to like kill uh, one of the guys, one of the reasons that the group had been sentenced was because of a previous owner and uh a a local owner i should say and they go into his like they basically invade his house and there's this scene where this this wealthy older man is just fucking some girl and he has to i don't know if you guys caught this or not he had to have one of the strangest cock and balls i have ever seen in my life
1: (laughs) are you guys you guys remember this cock and balls it was extremely strange. John. It kind of looked like a, you know, inverted vagina type of deal. This guy was very weird looking down there.
0: It was actually a really, it was a really cool scene. But I was just completely blown away by this dude's cock and balls. Like I've never seen, I've never seen that before. So that that for certainly caught my attention. So, anyways, I just want to also reiterate another crazy scene where they have some sort of fuck orgy where they uh are wearing these like tribal masks and uh i got massive possessor uncut vibes from the orgy scenes when they're tripping and i do like those quite a bit they're very like fun to watch in like the the sound that happens in these scenes also possessor uncut had great sound and this one had great sound too but it was just really fucking like disorienting you don't know who's fucking who if there's dudes that are like jerking each other off or if there's just like there's one particular scene where they show like tits that are like lactating like this brown goop it was like truly like terrifying in my opinion it was really bizarre um what did you guys think of the, the orgy scenes
2: yeah they were they were pretty intense there was a lot of crazy graphics at one point you had albin just a shot of him like jerking his dick while james and gabby were going at it like yeah. underneath them and there was just all sorts of weird shit going on so they definitely did a good job of just creating a, a wild and crazy scene whenever yeah. they're doing drugs like it's that. like a, it was, it like was a
0: savage much. fuck fest if you will of rich people
1: yeah sauce when we were watching that together you know as Two straight men in a room watching this orgy scene. I noticed you got a little bricked up. No, I'm just kidding. But it was kind of like it it kind of slowly escalated. It started with just Gabby and James who took this, you know, hallucinogenic drug and started banging. They said it was an aphrodisiac, so it'd make them want to fuck. And it just you're led to believe, okay, it's those two going at it having crazy sex. And they cut to Albin, you know, being the cuck, jerking off in the corner, basically. And then it slowly escalates. You see the other people start getting involved. And it gets even just more and more disturbing as the scene goes on. So I wouldn't say it was necessarily scary or terrifying to me. It was disturbing for sure. Yeah, like the way disturbing is the right word. A, yeah, it, it wasn't nec- it wasn't vanilla sex by any stretch of the mind at the start. But it was, it was tame enough to where you could kind of be like, okay, and then just... Weird shit started happening. That had all those crazy, you know, the the masks are the scary part. Whenever they get the mask going, like those things are very creepy looking. But the entire scene itself was just pretty disturbing in general.
2: They were doing weird things with nipples in this movie. Yeah, yeah. There was, it, this.
0: This was nipple. They were, they were growing
2: <laughs> and shrinking and turning brown and inside out. Yeah, <laughs> anything and everything.
1: It was. It was definitely. And um, my my favorite part about the orgy scene was they just do like a hard cut at the end of it to them at breakfast the next day, just like throwing things around and just being delinquents. But like you go from an intense disorienting sex scene to just next day, like sunshine fucking around at breakfast. I liked that a lot.
0: Yeah. Yep. That was certainly one of the, the like monumental scenes that I will remember from this movie, but anyways getting back into the plot like you said chris they continue to sort of act this way for a while but things kind of take like a turn into the third act i would say once james um kidnaps what he thinks is the the chief of police that could seems to continuously keep dealing with these rich people these rich westerners and keep killing their doubles on them and uh James is like completely rattled when he like brutalizes, like pisses all over and just like just destroys a clone version of himself. And uh, he kind of turns on the rest of the group when he like is like shocked that they would do this to him. Um, And it sort of sends James into like, all right, that's enough. Like I draw the line here and he goes to leave the resort, but the tourist group sort of like track him down on a bus and it becomes very clear that, like, these people just, they have complete reign. They do, like, nothing gets passed without them knowing, like, and they basically sort of turn him into, like, an enemy by calling him, like, a big fucking baby for leaving. Um, she, Like, Gabby in particular, in the third act, I think really fucking, like, Mia Goth really shows up and takes over this movie. And she just starts, like, berating him and walking him back to the resort after he's Got so close to leaving, and uh, they basically just like abuse him. They they Gabby reveals that she never read any of his books. They were just based They basically admit that they were just fucking with him this whole time because they thought it was fun, and they essentially wanted to convert him into like another member of their pact, their their orgy fuck pack. Um, James escapes. Gabby shoots him in the leg. Um, James goes to like this sort of rural farm where he wants to recover and get away from the rest of the group. Um, he has a very, another like disturbing, like trippy scene where he, it's, I don't know if he's drugged or what, but, um, he starts hallucinating and like, he like rips through like the, a mask of the kid that stabbed his first double from the first part of the movie. And I got massive possessor uncut vibes from that scene too. um, but James basically he recovers, he gains strength, he finds out Gabby's group tracked him down once again and uh they basically order him to kill another duplicate of himself except this one. I assume this is the one that he like pissed all over earlier when he was beaten yes. up. And yeah, and he is like referred to as like the dog. Gabby tells him to go kill his dog. James is like I will I refuse to kill that thing. And then uh The the dog sort of like is sicked on him. So basically, it's him fighting himself. It's a duplicate fighting James. And uh, James, I think like James beats him to death is like underselling it. He completely destroys like he beats into the ground. Like, I don't know how many shots he landed on this thing, but you see all of it. You watch him just destroy the skull of uh, his his clone with his bare hands in another truly disturbing scene. And then, uh, as a reward, Gabby just, like, whips out her mutters and starts fucking breastfeeding James in what another fucking insane nipple horror scene of the movie.
2: Don't, don't forget she rubs all the blood of, um, the James clone on yeah. her, on her tit before Uh-oh. she makes him suck. Yeah,
0: I forgot that. I f- yeah, I apologize. Yes. Disturbing he's
2: disturbing part of it.
0: He sucks the bloody tit of Mia Goth. Um... So and then I think like another like, Chris, you're talking about your start cut earlier from that scene. Then we have a start cut to them basically just going on the bus out of there and they just start casually talking about their lives and things they have to do when they get back to the United States. Whereas James is completely traumatized in the back, trying to think about what absolutely happened. He goes to the airport and then he, uh, (laughs) he basically just waits there all day, thinks on it. Then he's like, you know what? I cannot go back to the Western world. I need to just live out the rest of my days here. So he goes back to the resort. And then he just sits sits alone during a downpour of a monsoon. And the movie ends. So that is the short of a very complicated plot. Um, there was a lot that I missed in terms of details. But I think that does a pretty decent job of summing up the general events of the of the fucking movie um so yeah in general i just want to ask you guys i'll start with chris first um i think my biggest note that i kind of have in general about this movie is that it is definitely unique and i think the plot itself is takes a lot of twists and turns but what is your like genuine feeling of this movie like are are you when you finished it, were you like well, "Holy shit," or were you more so like "Okay," or was it more like "What the fuck did I just watch"?
1: I'm gonna go with C there. Uh, what the fuck did I just watch? I was I was pretty confused after, and Sauce and I were trying to just chat quickly about what we just saw and you know what we thought about it, but um, that there wasn't a lot of answers. There was a lot of questions as they kind of twisted through, and you. Know, they have a couple of of things that you didn't expect, but they never really answered some of them. Um, Like part of that is like the masks. You don't really find out too much more about some of the significance of those. Maybe there is some symbolism there that hasn't been explored or explained yet, but I I couldn't really figure out how the masks kind of all finally tied all together. Um, The way that there's that, just the, the the gang of people that go along with with Gabby and Albin, like you never really get too in depth with them. There's one guy who's a doctor who's claiming that he's studying this place and the cloning process and kind of all that stuff. But they bring up a lot of interesting concepts that don't always get fully explained. But you know, once the movie was over, I was you know certainly. I would say satisfied with the two hours that i spent watching it you know yeah. it was it was very interesting and it definitely you mentioned the movie possessor a lot throughout this there was a lot of things that you know made me think of possessor and whether that's just cronenberg style or he really wanted to try to draw parallels between the two movies which there really would be no reason to it's as like as they would have anything to do with each other other than right. just kind of having sci-fi aspects but it's definitely kind of his signature to have you know the hallucinogenic aspect The the idea of multiple versions of a person or a person being in a different body, things like that. You know, he really likes to explore on. So I was, I would say I was, I was satisfied after watching. You know, this movie.
0: Okay, sauce. What were do you echo those sentiments or did you feel differently about Infinity Pool?
1: No, I
2: echo Chris's sauce. I think my overall takeaway, if I just had to sum it up all in one word, would just be disorienting because there's so many different things going on between all the trippy as fuck scenes. Um, One of the main scenes I wanted to point out, you didn't really go into detail with this, John, but it really tripped me out, made me think. Um, After they break into whatever rich person that was house for the first time, um, the person who does the the duplicating says, um, you know, I've had enough. I'm going to, you know, make this a... I'm going to make a a statement. Yeah, I'm going to make a statement here. And he makes it seem like we're really going to kill the real version of you now. Yeah, And then you come to that scene of him clapping and you're like, the scene is so intense, it gets to the point where it's like, did that really just happen? Is that now the, the James that was killed? Was that the real version? So right. you have that aspect going on where you don't know if it's really James anymore at this point anymore. You got all the trippy scenes going on. Right. So I think my, just my overall takeaway is this movie is super disorienting with all the different aspects it has thrown at you. So Yeah. I would agree. I would I, I
0: think I'm in the same boat as you two. I kind of ended that movie, I was like, Jesus Christ, that was fucking weird. Uh was kind of like so my nice. initial reaction. And then from there, I, I did feel very similar, Sauce, in that particular scene where he's like, I'm gonna make a statement, and then y- you basically think that he's gonna actually take them all out. And then they just reveal that, oh, there's people just fucking laughing. Like, it's the same, it's the it's their duplicates just laughing at them. And you never get those answers resolved as to who was what. And I'm kind of glad we didn't find out which one was like the, if the initial James was swapped out in that first killing or the second killing. And it, it it's very much insinuated that it doesn't really matter because this whole group of people do it every year. They come here specifically to commit crimes, fuck with the locals and get away with it because there is no consequence because they're so rich. Um, And I think in general, I feel like the like a general theme of this movie is sort of like Western society sort of taking advantage of uh, underprivileged third world countries strictly based off of um, the amount of money that they have and what they can get away with. And I made a note of that, like I clocked that kind of early on. But by the end of it, I'm like, I think that's the major point he's trying to drive home. Um, Another major point, I don't know if you guys agree with this or not. But James being this like unsuccessful writer who married into money and him the whole time questioning if he's talented or not, and then pretty much just going along with this group because they are successful and he is not sort of shows you the the allure of people to money and the willingness to sacrifice any sort of moral judgment to be accepted into a group is like another major thing that I kind of picked up from this movie. Um, what do you guys think about that? Did either of those come across your minds when you were watching?
1: It actually was more so after the movie, as I thought about it, that, that, you know, idea came to mind, but they, you're right. They definitely kind of show how somebody who doesn't really have that type of lifestyle can be, you know, easily, easily become drunk on it and just want more and more of being able to do what you want and do things that you would never thought have been possible, whether it be crazy sex parties or committing crimes and just doing stuff like that. You know, it was it was clear that James got a taste of it and just wanted more and more.
2: Yeah. Yeah. John, I, I was going to say, I watched a YouTube video of this, just explaining this a little bit more afterwards. But one of the main takeaways I had is they just kind of, um essentially at the end they they make James reborn. So they they start they first start off and they they hype him up. Oh, I read your book. Um Gabby's obsessed with James and she wants to just give him everything. She wants to have sex with him, she wants to go to all these crazy parties, do whatever, and they really hype him up. And then the second half of the movie they are just totally breaking him down to the point where he's absolutely nothing. Yeah. So they she tells him towards, halfway towards the end of the movie, I, I never read your book. Your book's total shit. Who would ever read that? She reads off those terrible comments about the book. Um, just yep. treats him like total shit. Um, they won't let him leave, um, essentially to the point where he doesn't give a fuck anymore. And the very end of that scene where he kills himself and she makes him start to suck his tit, yeah. he's supposed to be reborn, oh. uh, is what I on the YouTube video. So, so, so then, what's the significance
0: kind of, of him going back to the
2: resort then? That that's the question. Is kind of a strange ending because he he can't accept his his life now. It's just gotten to the point where he he can't do a thing anymore. He doesn't want to go back to real life. So Uh I don't know the significance
1: of it. That's worth discussing. But um, that was kind of one of the main
2: takeaways too.
1: Yeah, I want to ask you guys about the ending because there's a a couple of different theories that I have. They mentioned earlier in the movie when he's trying to extend his stay when he can't find his passport. The lady at the front desk is like, oh, you know, rainy season is coming up. Once that happens, resort pretty much closes down. And like they just give she even says, I think, like there's free rooms once that happens. So one thought I had was that, you know, clearly his wife at the time was disgusted by him with what was going on. And she basically leaves him. And you're almost led to believe that they're kind of like splitting like it was, you know like not a good thing for the relationship at all. And this could be detrimental to him. Right. So there's the, there's a thought, a practical theory that is, okay, he's realized that he can't really go back to his, his wife and like he's not going to have much money or much to do once he goes back home. Yeah. So he might as well just stay. And maybe that's a free room he could stay at for the time being to figure things out. But I, I think that it's more so James has just realized that he can't go back to his life now that he's done these – ridiculous things yeah. you know he just he can't fathom going back like the rest of them who are just like able to use this as an escape get rid of yeah. all their terrible habits and kind of you know start fresh once they get back home he doesn't think he can start fresh anymore he thinks this is just who he is now okay so he basically think. is like yeah.
0: self-committing himself to this to to this society because he can't first of all face his wife and face his actions and second of all he's basically saying i'm i'm ingrained in this culture and i'm just gonna i i can't leave here after what i've done and i'm basically one of these one of the group here so he he, actually he is kind of the only one that kind of has a spine in that group in that case because clearly everyone in the group sees nothing wrong with what they're doing when they're when they're when they're acting out They're, they're clearly just doing it for fun and amusement purposes um which i i think is cool like i mean i think it's a it's like a pretty pertinent point that wealthy people just kind of they can do horrible things because they know they can get away with it and i think that's what mia goth's group of fucking weirdos represents um right it's really interesting it's just to me like there are certain parts in this movie like chris you were talking earlier like the plot points don't necessarily get addressed like i don't know like just the science behind the duplication i was maybe thinking we would go into a little bit it's kind of just you. Kind of just have to accept that this is something that this poor government, this poor country's government, can do. Um, that kind of just put a, like a little bit of a weird taste in my mouth. Um, the the way people act without remorse, like the sauce, the one that when the police officer says I'm going to make a statement, but then pretty much just does what he always does, which is just let their duplicates keep going, like keep living on for the sake of money. Like he wasn't really making a statement; he was just. I don't know. I don't know what he. I I don't understand what statement he was making right there. So I actually made a note about that. Like that movie, that scene kind of sticks out like a sore thumb a little bit for me when I think back on this movie. Um, I thought James is acting like Alexander Skarsgard. Oh, sorry. Go ahead, Chris.
1: Just to kind of go on that one scene. So I think the whole point behind it is just to have a kind of a. I don't want to say a cheap plot twist, but it's basically a plot twist. plot twist to where you're led to believe that okay you know they can't keep getting away with this this guy's had enough he's gonna do something different so that they can't just you know keep living on with their lives and you're only shown them all getting tied up they're all like their characters are acting super scared like oh no what's gonna happen to us right and they all get their throat slit at the same time and then you just it camera does like a little plot twist you find out that they're all still alive in the room watching it happen again so right i think that scene was just kind of to create a little bit of sense of, you know, uncertainty in the viewer of like, okay, like you know, is there really is this really going to change? And you just find out no, they it's just the same people getting cloned. Right. And killed. Right. So
0: yeah. Um, I was just going to make one last quick point. I thought like Mia Goth was fantastic as Gabby, um, and I thought James I, at times I felt like the way he acted was a bit. Like, I don't know. I don't want to say stiff because um, at times he is quite emotional. But I just for some reason, I just couldn't really get on the guy's side the whole time. Like, I think you're supposed to be on his side. But the way he's portrayed, he's I mean, he's a very good looking guy. He's like built and he's got money he's successful. He's on vacation. Um, I think there's supposed to be a level of, of like empathy with him. But I often like throughout this whole movie kind of just struggled with. I'm like I don't really care what happens to this guy. Like he's a complete dick. Like I don't Mia Goth, I know she's evil, but I enjoy watching her. James I thought maybe was miscast a little bit. Did you guys feel that way at all or were he... did he... was he like serviceable? I just to me he didn't. He wasn't on the same level as Mia Goth was.
2: Yeah, I think I'm in the same boat there. I think uh towards the end I definitely felt bad for James. There's no doubt about that. Like towards yeah. the very end of the movie, it's just like I feel bad for this guy, but He's definitely not like a, he's de- he was definitely a douchebag character, um, just the way he was treating his girlfriend, things like that. Like his girlfriend was trying to call him towards the beginning of the movie and he just, he did not give two shits about his girlfriend. He was just completely ignoring her and right. uh, just some of the things that he said and did, his actions, um, you know, made Getting it kind of hard to, yeah, made it kind of hard to, to pull for him. But towards the end, I definitely felt a little bit bad. So he's kind of somewhere in between for me.
1: I don't know. Right. I, I th- I kind of had a much different take on him. I thought that early on I picked up the vibe that, you know, he was just being used, not not even by the, you know, Gabby and her crew as you find out, but like I kind of got the vibe that his wife was kind of just like, okay, you know, like I'm only with this guy to piss off my dad type of deal. So their relationship kind of felt fake. And obviously he would go along with it. He's in a good spot, but, you know, he obviously – seemed open to the idea of, of Gabby right away. And it was immediate swingers vibes from Gabby and Albin And then James yep. went along with that right away, but I didn't have any issue being empathetic towards James. And I do felt like, feel like the entire movie he was being used and manipulated. And it was, um, it wasn't hard for me to get on his side in terms of the actual acting. I don't think I had an issue with it. I guess I would agree, John that Mia goth really kind of stole the show with the way she transitioned her character from being you know this random fan to oh she actually knows a lot about this island she's been here several times to they're all fucking with him so like you really kind of saw like three different sides of her throughout the movie at yeah. least so I, w- I would definitely say that she is kind of the the star role in the best acting job yep. in the movie yeah but i thought james did a pretty good job with kind of the unusual scenes that he was placed into such as like we had to put that weird mouth guard on to go get yeah
0: actually that was a good acting scene i enjoyed that
1: yeah whenever he was in distress or also like kind of under the influence i think he did a pretty good job of just displaying raw emotion during those scenes so i I would say i had no problem with him i thought he did a good job and i thought did an excellent job
0: yeah okay i i i totally agree i will say that i think um Without Mia Goth, I think my score would be, like, a point lower. Like, I feel like she very much backpacked the third act of this movie. When she, Particularly the scene where she's on the hood of the car and she's just yep. chastising James and just shitting all over him. Like, I think that was actually a pretty good acting scene, too, from James. Um, I think more so his acting may have been fine. I just struggled to empathize with the guy until the very end where he's sure. where he's basically faced with, you need to, like kill this fucking like literally just another version of yourself that's been reduced to a fucking slave like to a dog um and that's all he really means to to me a goth and i think that is a bit tragic i just wish i the guy is just like too good looking for my liking like i would have liked uh i would have liked another another actor or something like that to portray him because i'm just like i don't i don't give a fuck what
1: happens to this guy um, Hints of jealousy in your tone, John.
0: I'm yes, <laughs> I wish I was uh, John. Well,
1: so I, I, while we're talking about <laughs> Jamesy, uh, we're, we're talking about you know the actors, actresses, and their performances. I want to touch base on just the random gang of people that you know Gabby and Albin bring along. Like those people, yeah. kind of heard it from me a little bit. I didn't. really I like agree them at all. There's I agree. No significance to their characters, no backstory, and they're just kind of tagging along, like saying, "Like, yeah, like as Gabby's doing stuff." So I would have been okay with like another, like one or two of them to kind of explain why that there's these people who come back and do this every year. But yeah, I didn't think they served a really good role at all in this movie. No, I just kind of they were throwaways to me. There,
0: there's no there's no development of any of those characters. It, it does not matter who they are. It just matters that they're rich and they've been duplicated and they do whatever Gabby does. They're kind of just yeah, like I mean, her fucking cronies, you know like.
2: Exactly.
0: Yeah, i i wasn't I wasn't as much of a fan, and I think maybe that's something about *Possessor* that I really liked because the cast in that is pretty pretty small, and you spend a lot of time with each of the characters that I think I prefer than this one. I definitely echo your sentiment. Like those people were there. There's so many of them, and they don't really ever play a role other than just doing more of the heinous shit that Mia Goth does um and they're they're fucking they're there for the orgy like that's yeah, that's exactly. kind of their role um, i never
1: wrote down their names like i just in what i in my notes i just referred to them as the gang or like yeah. the crew like yeah it meant nothing
0: to me. i call them the zombies because i think they called like, themselves zombies at one point because they've yeah. been through the duplicating process
1: yeah it was um the the doctor guy who again his name is irrelevant but he's like oh you're gonna join our zombie cult he says i'm like okay that's an yep. interesting way to put it
0: Yep. It's it's also like pretty pretty interesting that James just takes like the three urns that have his previous duplicate home with him or he was going to pack mm-hmm. them. Like imagine I I try to put myself in his shoes. Like imagine trying to pack up like your own ashes like three times. Like you would have yeah. to feel like a terrible fucking human being to do that. And clearly the other ones don't, but James, maybe that explains a little bit of his turmoil of like not being able to to leave and go back to his life. Like that alone is just very that's what the movie does well. In my opinion, I really like the idea of like, you are literally killing yourself or you're letting yourself get killed all these times. And how are you going to feel about that? If you just keep living through it. Um, so it's like a truly unique concept. I just feel like the plot at times just gets a little, it's just not tight enough. Like there, it doesn't go where I want it to go. And there's the point that I want it to make. Doesn't really land as hard as possessor does in my opinion. Um, but, I mean, I don't think there's any denying this is like a like a really beautiful movie like to watch and to listen to like the sound i already talked about the sound and the visuals, particularly during any sort of hallucinogenic scene like the camera shots are are very beautiful, and I don't know did you guys just i mean how do you feel about that like i I personally think that's one of the best parts of the movie is just like the look and sound of it
2: yeah, I agree I think the uh the visuals are great. Chris, we were talking about this, but the camera work. Whenever James got really fucked up, it did it. Like you said, we thought he did a great job of showing emotion on his face. Like just the way that they put his camera in his face, it made it seem like he was really fucked up. Like they just they filmed that really well. Yeah. Um. Definitely the the trippy visuals, like we said, the sound effects too were really good in this movie too. Um. Similar to Possessor, so I yep. think it had all that going for for sure.
1: Yep. So with with the the visuals and it was intentional, but you know, I wouldn't say the scenery was beautiful because it was supposed to be like this resort place, but it was also very kind of like gray and dreary at the same time. Like a lot of the, the shots of like the landscape almost seemed like they intentionally put like, like they it it faded. On, it. Not that's true. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it just kind of in which I think it was intentional. So I'm not trying to say it was bad in a sense. It just wasn't like a, an eye popping colorful scene for most of the time. But right. in terms of the camera work, there was a lot of really good, you know, uses of different angles. And like right at the beginning, you kind of get that interesting, you know, kind of almost a modern horror camera shot where the camera spins as like somebody's walking or as you're kind of like moving through with an area, you kind of see the camera spinning and you're upside down at some point. You get the scene where they go off the resort and uh, Gabby jerks them off. Like you just get, a cum shot Would you don't his yeah. dick we used to come like hit the rocks on the ground like oh yeah interesting kind of like it is disturbing so you're like that's kind of gross yeah it's and, disgusting yeah and, and the hard cuts too i like there was one hard cut like after they attacked the guy with a weird dick in his house like it, it cuts to this random like bollywood dance scene as they're like fleeing yeah. from the guy's house <laughs> trying to get back to the resort so it was bizarre <laughs> watching it but looking back i kind of liked it how they kind of just you didn't know what to expect next as they were doing all this stuff
0: right yeah the the tone the tone that gets set is so weird you know like by a couple of the shots like it just leaves you feeling like what where is this first of all where is this going second of all like what the fuck is are we like what the fuck are we supposed to are we supposed to be taking away from this is kind of what i thought at certain points and then the third act i think but buttons it up quite nicely so I do think that there's like a nice beginning, middle, and end to the movie that is good enough to get me through the story. But at certain points, it's just like, I don't know how how the fuck am I am I supposed to be feeling about any of these motherfuckers? Like they're all terrible people. Um, but it, it's it's I think it's an intentional point. So I don't know. It's kind of left a, a bit of a weird a weird taste in my mouth when I think back on this movie. Um, but yeah, you get also. I mean, he straight up. There's lots of piss in this movie. There's lots of cum. There's some. There's some fucking like shit coming out of tits in this movie. Like you get a little movies. bit of. Yeah, it's they're it's. it's drunk. Yeah, they're always drunk. It, I mean, you get a lot of bodily fluids in this movie, yeah, and James blood of course.
2: taking shots or drinks before he does something crazy.
0: Yeah, there's there's a lot of alcohol consumed in this movie. Um, but I will I will throw it to one last point that I do want to drive home in that, um, the scene in which we get to see Mia Goth. Like completely naked was just. Uh, I'm I'm happy that they put that in the movie. I was a big fan of that. <laughs> I enjoyed that. Of I are. enjoyed that scene. <laughs>
1: I was I was telling sauces after that scene I was over, like that was definitely John's favorite scene. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was that was cool.
0: I'm glad Mr. Cronenberg filmed that.
1: Um, well, it so was, it was cool until they showed whatever was coming out of her. Oh, oh yeah, then the then, then you completely flip and It's kind of
0: like oh that. shit, this is. Yeah. I don't like this shit anymore. Um, but yeah, I, I I will say too that just the scene in which he's sort of going into the, like, let's just talk about the title for the movie for a second, like Infinity Pool. Like, I think there's a couple meanings to it. Like, obviously they talk about Albin. The reason he got, first got duplicated was because he was an architect and he got somebody killed or something like that because of a faulty design. And that's why he got duplicated. That's kind of beginning this whole process of these Westerners coming out there just to fuck this like poor country up, um, whatever they feel like it every summer. And then there's also the fact like the pool that they, you get duplicated in like the red goo or whatever that shit is. Um, that to me, I thought that was the infinity pool. Like it's in the poster. And then also the ending scene, just the fact that this Island probably floods, because of monsoons kind of makes this an infinity pool. And James is kind of confined to this place for a while. I thought it was a very appropriate title. Um, I thought I, I really enjoyed like just the movie title. I don't know. At first I thought this movie kind of like nothing about this is related to an infinity pool, but by the end of it, I kind of got it. I don't know. What did you guys think of just the title?
2: I, I agree. It's uh it's very fitting with the, between Al, I, the biggest reference for me was Alvin and creating infinity pools was started this, so that and just the, the never ending process it's it's like an infinity pool which is level with the ocean, it just goes on forever, and this whole process of being duped just happens
1: forever. so I thought it was pretty fitting. I don't know it for me it it didn't quite make too much sense, so yes, the literal you know translation of Alvin killing somebody by his bad design of an infinity pool, set the whole thing in, pr- in motion. So that makes sense. I mean, I think that's the most realistic and about the only explanation I could think was otherwise I don't really know how else it fits in. Like, I don't think the infinity pool would have anything to do with that chamber of, of red goo. Like that, that to me is just totally separate in my mind. And I, I get what you're saying sauce. You said this when you were watching the idea that, you know, infinity it's going on forever. Like these people just keep going back, keep doing the same shit. But I don't think that's the meaning that was was intended. So in my mind, I don't think the title the the title I was expecting something different going into this movie, and you know I, I never really found it truly being explained enough to my liking. I guess I'd say so. I, uh, I, would, I would fall on the other side from you guys with okay. Infinity Pool just kind of seeming like uh, it's a cool kind of uh, off off brand unique type of title, but it just never really landed in my mind.
0: Oh, okay. I think just to be like I think the the most straightforward metaphorical meaning of Infinity Pool is just these people have infinite amounts of lives because they can just buy another duplicate of themselves. They're basically buying another life. And I think you get submerged into this pool which is in the in the poster. So right. to me I thought okay I'm like all right I get that that's that is the Infinity Pool so to speak um but yeah i can see your point at first i was definitely very like dissatisfied i'm like at what point is there going to be a fucking infinity pool that takes you to like another dimension or are these things like, being birthed in an infinity pool or something it's never really explained yeah. other than just this tangential backstory for alvin a kind of like just background character um all right i think that kind of hits a lot of the points i wanted to make um is there anything else you guys would like to bring up? Before we start talking about villains and Giuseppe's,
1: I'm I'm ready to uh, get into some segments here because then I'll, I'll I'll gather up any other things I want to touch on when I give my score. Okay. Yeah, I think i I think I'm good too. Okay, good to move on here.
0: All right, I think we'll start with uh, the villain segment. Um, I will go out and I will say that I think this movie has a group of villains, but they're mostly spearheaded and symbol and sort of there. Everything is through Mia goth's character. Um, I think she is for sure a villain because she's the one that's trying basically scheming from the, mo- from when the movie starts, when she kind of seduces him to go out on this picnic, double date type of thing. Um, she lies right to his face. She obviously does heinous things in the name of just having fun and being rich. um, he fucks with the locals, kills a bunch of people, lies to James, and ultimately, like, tricks him and deceives him into killing multiple versions of himself. So for me, I think the villain in this one, although there is a bunch of terrible people, I think, like, Mia Goth is the clear the clear villain in this one. What do you guys think?
2: Yeah, I I agree. I don't think you can really peg anyone else. It does not even come close to Gabby's character, so I think it's got to be Mia Goth for sure, okay. between the tricking and just... You know, all the plotting that she does throughout the movie.
1: Yeah, I will definitely co-sign on her. However, I don't think she's the true villain, but she's the one that we're going to pick here. I mean, the true villain, and I always like to bring up like a theoretical idea, is it's just gluttony. It's like the villain here is people who are so you know, far gone with their morals. And it's this kind of societal problem that these people think they can do whatever they want. So while yes, Gabby herself is kind of the embodiment of it. It is just the reality that these people think that they're above the law and can do whatever they want. And it's their, their wealth and power and ability to do these things is, is kind of just the main thing behind it. It's their own, it's in, it's in their own bodies and their heads as to why they do these things. It's not necessarily Gabby because if you took Gabby out, Somebody else would have done it, so you know. Obviously, there has to be the ringleader and somebody that we can peg as the villain, and I'm I'm happy to pick her because she's a very good villain. But you know, it's just more the idea of people's lack of lack of morals when it comes to this you know, type of stuff.
0: Yep, I, I I agree with that. I I will say I just personally I find that Gabby is a bit stronger of a villain only because she is a concrete character, and I don't know. I feel yes. like I, prefer, I just want to give it to a, a character if I can instead of a group.
1: Not, and that's, that's what I'm saying. I just wanted to bring it up to say, you know, it, she is the villain, yeah. but there's a more powerful force behind her type of deal.
0: Yep. Yeah. I agree. Okay. Um, so we will bag Gabby as the villain of Infinity Pool. Um, now we can go into... Gabby Bauer. Gabby Bauer. We will now go into the fan favorite Giuseppe portion and... Um, I will say that I think I'm a bit torn on Giuseppe for this movie. I want to hear what you guys have to say before I voice my opinion. Um, so if either of you guys would like to volunteer a Giuseppe nomination, let the people know.
2: I can go first with the, in my opinion, the very obvious one, which is Alvin. He is the, the cuck husband who just kind of lets Gabby do whatever she wants. Doesn't really care that he's hooking up with James. Um, uh, He clearly just sees what's going on, and he literally is jerking off in the corner at one point while while they're on the jins, watching his wife get fucked by James. So I think nothing screams Giuseppe more to that to me. Okay, Um, So that's really my main argument for Albin. And Chris, I don't know if you have anything different, but he was my main Giuseppe vote.
1: I would say Albin's a pretty strong choice. I I wanted to make mention of the two um, male cronies of their group. Uh, one was Dr. Bob Moden, and he was the guy who, I don't think he's a Giuseppe, but he just is worth mentioning because he does have some kind of ridiculous things that he does. And then there's the other one, Charles, who is definitely much more of a Giuseppe, but his role is too minor and too yeah. useless and, you know, replaceable in this movie that I can't possibly give it to him. So it, to me, my vote's definitely going to be Albin, and my tertiary vote would be I would say probably just for like that guy, Charles, but again, it's hard to kind of pick one of those people. So okay. know, with Alvin, John, do you have something different for us? I do
0: actually. I, I had, I was torn between Alvin. I think we could, for all intents and purposes, I think we can book Elvin as the movie's Giuseppe, but I just wanted to throw out there that, that, uh, that dude whose cock and balls are inverted. Um, his, his cock <laughs> should almost get him Giuseppe status for how ridiculous his genitalia Jesus. is. I just was completely flabbergasted at what I was watching. <laughs> a,
2: that poor dude put his cock on display, and people people know what he's working with for the rest of his life now.
1: It's front and center on a, a movie. Yep. That's a good nomination. I think he deserves to be mentioned in this category. Yeah. Um, he's just kind of banging that chick, and he's got this you know, nice house and all that shit. I like that.
0: Yeah, he pretty much his role. His they they went to this guy and said, "Look, we just need you to be ass naked. You're gonna fuck for a second on scene. Then we're gonna hold a gun to your head. We're gonna show you your cock and balls, and then we're gonna we're gonna just torture you." And uh, <laughs> that dude said, "Sign me up." So I just like to think that that's kind of a Giuseppe attitude right there. Um, <laughs> So I just wanted to throw him out there. I think in a in an alternate universe we could name him. That's
2: not a a movie Giuseppe. That's a real life Giuseppe. Yeah, I
0: think I think he may he may be a 4D Giuseppe. Uh, so I think we'll book Albin because yeah, he is a cuck. And throughout, like when he first got introduced, I I immediately my my Giuseppe radar went went off the chain. So I think I have to give it to him. He just uh, he's just in the back.
1: that there's the one scene where. They go, to, they go to that beach off the resort, and Alvin's like making jokes about being cannibal. And he's like offering them buffalo sausages and stuff like that. That's where oh, I yeah. started to peg him as the Giuseppe acting yeah. very strange during that scene. Yeah,
0: there's no purpose yeah. for him to be cooking that, cooking that buffalo sausage like that. So,
2: and everyone turns it down too. That that's immediately when I got <laughs> nobody the even box. wants so nobody sausages. Nobody wants to cooking. <laughs> no. Yeah. Everyone said no. Yeah,
0: he's an interesting Giuseppe. All right, so we'll bag Albin, the creator of the Infinity Pool. And uh, now we will transition into another favorite segment of mine, personally. Um, favorite scene. So I will uh, I will give the floor back to you guys again to name a favorite scene because I have, I have quite a few. Um, there's a lot that stand out to me and, and some that I just will not be able to forget. So, um if one of you guys would like to send out one scene that you that stood out to you in this one, uh let it be known.
1: So, I'll go ahead cuz I think I know what sauces is and I'm not going to pick it although it's a good one. <laughs> John, I I'll leave you to kind of give out a bunch of years. So, I'm going to pick one of the two main um Trippy possessor vibes type scenes, but I'm actually gonna pick the last one where he's in that farmhouse, and you kind of think that he ends up in that farmhouse of that family who he ran over the the, you know, the father, the farmer, and you kind of see the kid come in. And the kid's got this crazy smile on his face, and then all of a sudden, like the the weird trippiness starts, and he basically splits his head in two, and just a lot of really creepy visuals in that one. That one really did it for me. I think it was kind of the peak of this movie. Really, just kind of going down the path of, of being disturbing and fucked up. Like it was a pretty long and in-depth scene for what you see. Yeah. So that's going to be my nominee for for the best scene, my favorite scene, and I will give um, just a, a quick honorable mention. And I would say the scene where they kind of reveal that you know they were they thought they kidnapped the the cop guy and it ends up just being a clone of himself. I thought that was one a good plot twist. You kind of like Toss and I were chatting and we're like is that really the cop like what's going to happen? Like who we don't know who it is cuz they had the bag over his head, so I yeah. kind of thought something was up. I didn't think it would be another clone of him, so I was pleasantly surprised by that. And yeah know they're they're all drunk he takes a hit of the uh the hallucinogen starts like grunting and running around the room like crazy he's just you know ripping shots of whiskey and stuff and beating the the shit out of them so i just like that scene all around i think that's a worth the mention here
0: nice
2: that's a that's a a good scene scene.
1: yeah i was a little
2: bit worried you're gonna go too far there but you did take that was the majority of the scene i was gonna pick as well was the. um the unnamed person coming in with the bag on his head and they get James really hyped up. He's taking shots. He's slamming shit on the ground and they get him to beat the shit out of his clone. Um, Then he pisses all over. That's just a very intense scene. But really there was one specific line right after the scene that I wanted to bring up. If you guys know me, I I tend to pick a lot of funny scenes, things that just make me laugh in the movie. And I don't think we even brought this up yet, but after the scene, James is just completely distraught. He goes into his room and he just wants nothing to do with that group after they made him beat the shit up and piss all over his own self. And it is me and God coming up through his room trying to get James. And she says – she she knows James is super pissed off again. Right? Gabby knows that James is super pissed off in there. And she says, James, maybe I'll bring in the double and you can both fuck me. <laughs> that scene was just so I fun. think she was
0: like, wouldn't you like that, James? <laughs> <laughs> yeah
2: that that is my that specific line you can peg me on my favorite scene that was so funny all That's right good, but...
0: <laughs> all right well i have all three of my scenes on on the table still so i can't believe you guys picked those scenes <laughs> i'm glad you brought them up though because they are good and they're certainly enjoyable um i was personally kind of struggling between the initial duplication scene where you have all these colors like flashing up, it's like trippy as fuck. Um, kind of reminds me of Possessor and Cut when they're in Possessor, they're sort of deconstructing. Um, what was her name? I can't remember the name of the character in Possessor. Um, Tasia's body, Oz. yeah. Yep. And I felt like when they when they were in when James was in the infinity pool, like I thought that was a particularly like bizarre like fun to watch scene i wish i was ripped to watch that um and then the orgy scene is almost kind of in the same vein but just sort of just a little more horrific i would say like just far more horror elements involved in that particular scene um and then lastly just him just destroying his own his own double with his fist just beating his own skull into the ground with his bare hands was all three of those scenes to me. I've I'm pretty torn between, to be honest with you, but I think the one that's going to stand, stay with me the longest would probably be the orgy scene just because it was, it kind of has that disturbing combination of being fantastic because we get to see me,
2: immaculate tits.
0: And <laughs> at the same time, it's pretty horrifying that there's something clearly fucked going on with her tits and that they're leaking shit whatever that is so i have to that scene in particular was just disgusting but also like uh, you'll never see that again so i'm gonna give it to the uh the orgy scene i thought for sure sauce was gonna pick the scene where dom's gets jerked off while he's taking a piss i thought so too that's I thought, what I was, I I thought, thought
1: that was sick, a shoe in. That's I, honorable mention. Well, we gotta, yeah. we gotta mention that one too. But yeah, once you started explaining sauce, I realized right away what that was. I remember us talking about that as it happened while we were yep. watching, and that yeah, was so fucking funny. One of the funniest scenes in the in the movie, in my opinion. I oh, cannot yeah. go without mentioning that. So. Um, I'll I'll definitely cash my ticket for betting on John picking the orgy scene. That was uh, you can cash that one. Yep. But you did bring up the the first scene where. James goes in or first a possessor scene where, you know, James is basically getting cloned. I love that scene too. So that was, that's really my, my one beat to my one a of the last yeah. um possessor type scene. That, that initial one's really good. Plus like the visual of him with that mouth guard in is hilarious too. Yeah. I, I love that. And I think that's going be the thumbnail for this episode. I'll
0: make that thumbnail. I was, I was either going to do that or make it, the make it the fucking uh, the scene where he's, it's like the front shot of him getting jerked off. Like, it's when, when, as he's getting jerked off, he's just like, like, he's just making this goofy ass fucking face. Doesn't know what's going on. <laughs> so, yeah, there's a couple of comedic elements. Like, I would say unintentional comedic elements of this movie. Um, I, I should also shout out that I could probably pair the scene where he's beating his own clone to death with his hands into just getting breastfed by Mir Goth. Like, that and the psychedelic orgy kind of go hand in hand, in my opinion. But, yeah, pretty much I just want to give it to Mia Goth's tits. So, uh, all right. That does it for that segment. Um, I think we can now transition into final score. I think I will go second for this one. Would either of you like to volunteer your final thoughts and your final score?
1: I say Chris goes first. He hasn't gone in a long time first. All right. Yeah. No, I was I was going to. I was going to volunteer myself. John has been eager to let us talk first, so we'll let him continue to do that this episode. Um, I'll start off right away by saying that this movie will not get as high of a score as Possessor did for myself. And that was how I initially felt after the movie, was that I kind of liked Possessor more. So if if people listening are sick of us hearing making references to disaster. I'm sorry. Like they're by the same director, similar vibes. Like we just have to kind of compare the two. It's, it's by nature, it's inevitable. but yeah, for, for this movie by itself, um, it's a two hour watch and I don't think it felt like it dragged at any point, maybe a little bit. Um, but it never really felt like it was taking too long and I was kind of wasting my time on it. So I will say that the runtime is good and I, you essentially get your money's worth out of the rental price by getting a two hour, you know, bizarre movie that you're gonna watch yep um i like the acting i didn't really have too much problems with the main characters um like i said that that gang of of cronies that gabby has i did not like them really at all but everyone else i think did a good job you mentioned the the sounds of this movie the audio is really good um just overall though it didn't make too much sense and it took me to kind of have to look into it more to maybe find some meaning that I couldn't find through my own personal interpretation. So there just wasn't as much kind of continuity throughout the movie as I would have liked to be able to reach the resolution that it did, which, you know, some people like that. They like a lot of open-ended stuff and, you know, a, a way to interpret the movie how, however you feel. But for me, it just, there wasn't enough to to make me feel confident in, in my thoughts on the movie. You know, I kind of felt like, well, it, am I right? You know, is this how the director intended it to be? Um, Overall, I would say we kind of talked about this at the beginning, John, you asked if you'd recommend this movie. I would say yes. Especially if you are somebody who likes horror movies, I think you should watch this to try it out and give your own thoughts on it. Um, For somebody though, who's maybe not into horror movies or who's looking for like a modern film to watch. It's, harder for me to like put my stamp of approval and say, yes, you should go see this. You know, if, if one of my friends say, Oh, you know, you just watched that for the podcast, you know, should I go check it out? I, I'd have kind of some reservations and maybe say, ah, maybe just look up some stuff online and let's to, to talk about it. Then maybe make up your mind, you know, if yep. people are okay with getting it spoiled. I would say it's, it's not something I would say you necessarily absolutely have to go out and see, but that doesn't also make it a bad movie. So I'm kind of in this weird in-between spot with it. So to not ramble on any further, I'm going to give this movie a 3.5. I just think the things that make it such a lower score than Possessor and some of my other top movies is the way that it doesn't really have – Uh, an ending in my mind that, you know, kind of ties all together. makes me feel like what I just watched has a a broader meaning. Like you really got to dig deep to find your own meaning in it. And, you know, I would have liked them to explore some of the ideas that they brought up in this movie more. So I think it could have maybe served as a movie that maybe launches into another mode. So if there's a second sequel, I'd be very interested to see that for sure. But as this movie stands alone, it's, you know, it's good. Not great, and yep. I wouldn't definitely put it in the bad category. You know, I enjoyed watching it. That's the Very nice thing I'll say.
0: Very nice. Um, I will... I'm, in a lot of ways, um, I am in the same boat as you. I think this is not quite on the same level as Possessor Uncut. I feel like that is a bit of a superior movie in terms of story, in terms of... Um, the visual scares, I feel like, were in this one were no doubt disturbing. Um, I wouldn't say anything was particularly... There wasn't really a whole lot of scary things going on in this. There was one jump scare where, essentially, um, when James meets his double, it sort of like awakens. And that fucking woke me right up when that thing woke up. So there was a jump scare in this. Um, but just the visuals in this movie were... I think one of the more shocking, and I think that that's what Brandon Cronenberg is kind of going for, and it, his signature style is a bit of just disturbing on-screen imagery, whether it's masks or bodies sort of just being like ripped apart. Like he is, he is pretty brutal with his gore, and in this one, it took a little bit of a step back, but it's still there. It's just not as on-screen as much as it was in Possessor, Um, and the element of sci-fi in this was really good, in my opinion. I really enjoyed this duplicating and cloning process as sort of like a plot element um i think the acting was was definitely good but i just wish james was re sort of recasted as another actor mia goth stole the show uh i could do without the fucking cronies back there i'm with chris on that 100 percent um there was a couple of notes i was just kind of breezing through here um i really didn't think much of a couple of the scenes towards the middle but there was one scene when they were robbing the old dude with his cock and balls um they there's a scene where mia goth just unloads with a machine pistol and they do like a start cut after she unloads on a security guard and i think i think albin got shot and then she just starts like unloading and the gun like almost like drives her back i thought that was pretty hilarious um that dude's cock and balls uh i'll just bring that up again one last time mia Goth tits of course, we're going to give this a half a star for the yabos. Um, this almost earns like a full star for the yabos. Um, and in general, it's just a truly unique movie. I I did enjoy it. I kind of when I after talking about it now, I'm definitely higher on it than I was when I stopped watching the movie because I think the story is just a bit more dull than Possessor was. Um, but there's just other aspects I think that kind of made up for it, and I would definitely be interested in rewatching it. Um. There's so many scenes like we named out like eight or nine different scenes that were all pretty memorable. I feel like there's a lot of very good scenes that stand on their own. The sound design was fucking good. Um, I'm trying to think of anything else that I'm missing out on for Infinity Pool. Um, the setting was cool, not great. I like I like Chris. I, I do kind of agree with you that at times like it was just disorienting. I wasn't really sure where I was, and that was intentional. But I think Possessor Uncuts. Uh, settings were a little crisper a little sharper um so i'm gonna come in just a little bit underneath um where that was at but i am gonna definitely come in above you chris i'm gonna give this one a 3.9 and um i do feel pretty good about it and i'm happy that we watched it i'm glad it won the Marble race i think it's it's a it's a good movie it's a good new movie it's just not quite as good as possessor uncut in my opinion but they're quite similar so I will recommend this to anybody out there that's looking for a weird, unique movie to watch that is entertaining and uh, not necessarily gory, but I would say kind of graphic, and you'll get your fill of fucking disturbing imagery in it. So, Sauce, why don't you uh, finish this off?
2: All right um so just in general i i definitely agree with all the points that you guys have said i think it is just first and foremost a very unique concept and i definitely am one that enjoys sci-fi aspects so combining the sci-fi and horror i usually enjoy those types of movies um but i just think in general if you just sum this movie all up and look at the work that was thrown at you all the different crazy scenes that's going on i just don't think it has a it's not neat and tidy it has a bow on it for me at the end. When I think about this movie in general, it just doesn't sit right with me for whatever reason. I don't know if that's the ending just wasn't great. In my opinion, it just kind of left a, I don't know, just like a disappointed ending. It was just kind of dull, a little bit of a weaker ending in my opinion. Um, I didn't have a problem with the acting. I thought James did a pretty decent job. I wouldn't say he did bad. I thought he did more so on the, the better side. Um, I thought he showed a lot of emotion throughout the movie. It wasn't bad acting by any means. Um and me and Goth definitely I agree stole the show. Um I'm trying to think what else I'm missing here, but um visuals as well really good on this movie. Like so many different unique scenes um just the trippy scenes. Um it was a little bit duller, which I don't know if I was a fan of. Um yeah, overall um i think i'm gonna give this movie oh and before i give it my score i would i would recommend it um not like something you have to go and see like you guys have both said but um would definitely recommend a watch it's just definitely very unique so if you want to just watch some crazy shit going on for two hours uh, go watch this movie and it definitely didn't go by slow i thought it um they did a good job of pacing the movie but overall my score chris you kind of took the score out of my mouth i pre-planned this was going to give it a 3.5 so i'm going to stick with what i had planned before you even said your score and match as well okay nice um that will
0: bring our aggregate as a podcast to a 3.6 which is incredibly appropriate i feel like it's uh it's exactly in line with what i think a seven on this podcast should look like out of 10 if you want to you know think of like percentages and stuff like that i feel like this is not great it's just it's on the verge there's a couple things missing for making it a great horror movie um but i would definitely suggest if you're a horror fan i would say that it's not mandatory viewing but certainly recommended viewing over a lot of the movies on here that i thought would be better um so yeah i feel like that's that's appropriate it's kind of what i was expecting um it's just fucking weird i think like that's that's the it's defining characteristic is that it's sort of like Possessor Uncut, if it was just more fucking weird. Um, so, yeah. I think that's a good descriptor, and um, that'll do it for for Infinity Pool. Um, I will pass this to Sauce, as we are in the month of April. For anyone who's wondering, we are. This is being recorded on April nineteenth, and um, Sauce, it is your takeover month, as it was your birthday in the month of April, and. Um, would you like to talk about your poll that you put out there so, and what you thought of it?
2: We, I will. But before we do that, don't we have some spooky trivia for Chris? Oh, just shit. a little bit. Yeah.
0: Okay. Let's, let's, let's dive that way.
2: Before we wrap things up here and
1: talk about what we're doing next, let's uh, finish this uh, movie off here. With some spooky trivia. Thank you, sauce. I will tighten the bow real quick on infinity pool. So, On IMDb, there's actually only three entries in the spooky trivia section, which was disappointing to find. Um, First one being um, our boy Bob Pattinson was rumored to be offered the role of James, but passed on it. So that's not confirmed, but apparently Robert Pattinson could have been our James. What do you guys think? Would he have been good, bad, better, worse as James in this movie?
0: I would have preferred him to Skarsgård, I think. I don't know why. I, I I was kind of saying I'm lower than you guys on Skarsgård already. so
1: Yeah, that's kind of what I expected you to say. I think that Bob Pattinson wouldn't have done this role as well, just in my mind.
2: I'm going to say both, Chris. I agree. I like the actor that they
1: casted for. It. Okay. Yep. The, the final entry here doesn't really do anything for me. It says, this movie made more money. In its first week, then Crimes of the Future did in its entire theatrical run. And for those who don't know, Crimes of the Future was a film directed by Brandon Cron- Cronenberg's father, David Cronenberg. So just a yep. funny tidbit there. It doesn't really matter. And also probably different time frames like, you know, that these movies were released in. While we're talking about money, though, we haven't done this in a while. Do you guys want to take a guess on the old budget in box office?
0: I'm going to bet that this was a box office flop. Um, I'm going to say that the budget was probably like 8 million, 9 million, something like that, maybe 10. And it, I'm going to guess it made maybe like 6 million.
2: Okay. That's awesome. Mm. Um, I'll go a little bit higher than you for the budget. I'll say like 15 million and just take a shot in the dark, say it made 50
1: million. The box office on this movie was 5 million. Domestic and about quarter million international, so about you know five point three million roughly is what this movie made. That's not a lot. Uh, I, again, I want to find like a concrete budget number here so we can really find out if this movie did well or not. But I imagine only making five million box office, this movie seemed like it was a decently high budget. So. I uh, I think it sucks too because Cronenberg
0: to completely busted on Possessor Uncut.
1: Yeah, that is true. He got screwed by COVID on that. Yep. So, yeah, it's tough for me to tell, but it seems like this movie was not really the, uh, the explosive box office, you know, masterpiece that it was kind of advertised to be. Um, darn. The final. <laughs> that is I do like Cronenberg, so it is kind of sad to hear. Yep. And this will give us a little bit of hope here, John. You know, we liked the uncut version of Possessor. This movie, Infinity Pool, was originally rated NC 17, and they tried to appeal for an R rating and could not get that. So Neon had to edit the film to get down to an R rating. The uncut version was screened at Sundance, and the edit version is what we've seen now in theaters and streaming released, so maybe one day we'll get an uncut version of this that will be a little bit better wow that'd be cool
0: that's nuts i bet you they showed more orgy shit going on for sure and he probably yeah. i can guarantee you because it's a heavily edited scene where james is beating the shit out of his duplicate outside the farm i bet you they show all of that in the uh the yep. unrated scene um i would agree yeah it's a shame Buy that he a
1: full frontal facial shot of the beaten face
0: yeah, it's a shame they keep fucking cutting my boy Cronenberg down when he's putting it all out there like that. Um, all right, so cool. That that officially gives us the Horror Fiend's wrap on uh, Infinity Dabs. So now we can get back into Sauce's poll, Sauce's Takeover Month. Sauce, what would you like to say about this shit?
2: Yay. So we did a poll, um, I believe it was about a week ago, right?
0: Yeah, it was this uh, about uh, a most now. Rec- or No, no, it was about last a- week for sure.
1: But yeah, so, by the time that people listen, that's irrelevant. Anyway. Oh, yeah, yeah, okay. yeah. It's in the past. Yeah, but we did a, <laughs> did a poll last, last week on
2: the Instagram and um, put up four movies. Um, not really any particular theme or anything like that for um poll I wanted to choose, but just movies I kind of wanted to watch. Uh, so none of the movies I put in that poll I, I have watched before. That was Barbarian Scream, Winnie the Pooh, Blood and Honey, and It Follows. Um, was a pretty close pool, but um, Barbarian ended up on top um, with a buzzer beater last vote. So we are going to be watching Barbarian next week. Um, that is directed by Zach Craiger um, Again, I have never watched that movie. I've just heard good things about it. So looking forward to that one. Um, John, I believe you've watched this movie before, right? You're the one oh, yeah. that's recommended to me. So I'm not sure if you have any initial thoughts you wanted to yeah. you know, spoil on the past before we watch it, but no, that's I'll, the movie we're going to be watching.
0: I'll just throw it out there that I, I I was trying to hold off on watching that movie for, for so long because I really wanted to watch it as a first watch for the podcast, but uh, it just kept losing the marble races. So I'm like, I give up. I'm watching this shit. Um, I am probably mo- most oh ex- uh, there's probably only been like one or two other movies i've been more excited to talk about on this podcast to date so i am thrilled that barbarian won over the other three movies um the other three are all good but none of them are in my opinion on the level of this one so uh i'm coming in hot i'm giving it a little teaser that this uh this is probably if there was ever a movie i was gonna hype up i would probably hype this one up other than hereditary um, this is probably like one of my most hyped movies. So I am stoked to watch barbarian with you guys. And, uh, I'm hoping that we can make it a watch. If you haven't seen it yet, it is on HBO max, um, for free, if you have a subscription. So I recommend watching it there. I think it's also on prime if you want to rent it that way. Um, but a brand new movie, I think it, that was a like late 2022 release. If I'm not mistaken, not early 2023, like this yeah. one was, um,
2: Back-to-back
1: new movies. Yeah.
0: Chris, you haven't seen Barbarian yet, right?
1: Nope. This will be a first-time watch for myself.
0: Okay. All right. Well, I'm super stoked that that won your pole sauce. Good choice. All right. Very nice. Well, thank you, folks, for listening to episode 20-Deuce, Infinity Pool, the Horror Fiends podcast. Please go check us out on, uh... Please... Well, first of all, if you like what we're fucking spitting out there, drop us a five-star rating on Spotify or Apple Podcasts. And follow us on Instagram at the horror fiends if you would like to participate in our polls, which basically I think the new plan is we'll just roll a poll out every month and uh, we'll pick. You guys can get some influence on we'll, we'll nominate a couple movies. Maybe we'll have a user submitted poll month or something like that. Uh, I think maybe Scream's going to take a fucking step to the side as this is the second poll that's gotten absolutely slaughtered in. Um, so, we will probably not be doing Scream unless it wins a marble race. Uh, fuck you, Dave. So, we will talk to you guys next week. We'll be discussing Barbarian, so watch that, and, uh,
1: go fuck yourself.